Okay, um, good evening everyone. Tonight, welcome to another Wednesday night shiur. Um, uh, Rabotai, tonight we got to um, um, speak about, of course, the reason why Parashat Bechukotai, which is, we read this week on Shabbat, Parashat Behar and Bechukotai, two parashiot this week. Now, my question to all of you is, Usually, we don't. Qu- Why is this parasha this week and that week in any in any in any area in life? Do we ever ask, "Why is this parasha this week?" You ever hear a parasha? Let's say, um, for example, uh, Lech Lecha. Why is Lech Lecha that week? Rabotai, in this week's parasha, the Gemara goes out of its way and says. The reason why we read this parasha this week, parashat bechukotai, it doesn't say it too often. The Gemara doesn't go off on a tangent and say, "Oh, Rabotai, why do we read this parasha?" Right? Be-? Doesn't really do that, right? But for some reason, we have to know the reason. It says that we read parashat bechukotai every single year. Forever on this upcoming week. What's so special about this upcoming Shabbat? What's so special? Well, the answer is found in Gemara Daflamid Aleph Amud And I like to quote you the Gemara and read you as it says. It's Gemara Mesechem Megillah Lamad Aleph Amud And I quote. It says, Tanya Rabbi Shimon ben Azor Mer, Ezra Tiken. Ezra, everybody knew who Ezra was? Ezra Sofer, he was, uh, you know, he, he wrote, Tiken Mahem Yisrael, he wrote, he told Klal Yisrael, what did he say there? He was Metaken, instituted, Sheyehu Korin Klalot Shebatrat Kohanim, to read the curses. Kodem Atzeret. You know what that means? Rabotai, if you open up this week's parasha in Bechukotai and you see those psukim when it says about the curses, literally a guy could be, what? How could this be? Go see, like, isn't the Torah supposed to be soft, you know, uh, soft, nice, interesting? But when it comes to the curses of the Torah, it is the most wildest curses that uh, even a human being can't even think of the curses. Like, it's a what? How could it be? Only the divine could think of even that such a curse like that. Go through it. One by one, one by one, one, you'll see, you'll know what I'm talking about. So what does it say? It says, being the <coughs> fact that it has those curses, as Ra said, that we're going to establish the fact before Shavuot, we need to read about those curses before Shavuot. Amazing thing. Amazing thing. Now we have to understand, why do we have to read the curses right before Shavuot? What is so special, or what is in those curses, that it's a must-to before Shavuot? Furthermore, it says, Shebemishnah he says, we read before Rosh Hashanah, every time we before Rosh Hashanah. What do we read before Rosh Hashanah? Anybody know? Which parasha? Parashat Kitavo. And Parashat Kitavo is the other place in the Torah where it says all those curses. 
And if you see him, again, you will literally go wild and say, even, it speaks about everything. How can even, people will go, what? So now the Gemara, what's the obvious question? Why? So the Gemara answers, you know why? I'll repeat. In order, to end Shana, the year, we want to end the year of its curses. You know, the Benish Chai says, a person before Rosh Shana, he should, of course, uh, uh, men, when they dip in the mikveh, they should have in mind, before Rosh Shana, one of, he has five things that he writes in his sefer, one of those five things is, dip in, have in mind, all the curses of the year should end. Yeah? So he says over here, why are we reading about the curses? Because we want them to end. You hear that? Clear. Now, the Gemara goes on further and says, I understand, I understand, before Rosh Hashanah. But before Shavuot, what end of the year is that? What's going on over there? Everybody hear the question? Clear? Mm-hmm. Shall I repeat that or everybody's clear with that? Jack, you good? So, to repeat, what are we getting judged upon that we need to end the curses before Shavuot? Oh, it says, well, it says we want to end the year. What year? And to this, I turn to Mesechet Rosh Shana. And in Mesechet Rosh Shana says, four times a year, the world is judged. And one of those times it says, Ba'artzeret al-perot ha'ilan. We get judged on Shavuot for what? For the fruits. Every tree. How much fruits is going to come grown out of the tree? You know, if you're in the flower business, or in all these businesses, uh, apples, pistachios, almonds, you should know all these things is being judged on Shavuot how much the fruits in the world will blossom. You hear that? Huh? I mean, I would assume being the fact that uh, uh, it, it, has, it has to do with the chef of the world of fruits. That's definite. That's definite. But, hmm? but, but um, uh, it says, Albert, you bring up a good point. It says in Mesecha Betzad, Tedvav over there, it says, Hakom it says in Gemara, or everything is determined on a human being with kapsim from Tishre. When is when is Rosh Hashanah fall out? Tishre, that's the month from Tishre until the next Tishre, until the next Rosh Hashanah. except Tishre. Now, what does that mean? Except Tishre. I quote Tishrei. Does anybody know how to spell Tishrei? Taf, Shin, Resh, Yud. Taf stands for, you know what? Anybody know? Torah. Shin stands for what? Bobby. Shin stands for what? Shabbat. Resh stands for? Rosh Chodesh. Yud stands for? Yamim Tovim. Anybody who, anybody who invests, who spends, on Torah, 
Let's say, for example, they, they want to learn Torah, or they want to uh, they want to get their children uh, um, uh, uh, a rebbe to teach them even better. Torah or Shabbat, you spend on Shabbat. If anybody understands, you spend on Shabbat. You you buy flowers. I told you the story once over here, how there was one guy in yeshiva. After he heard this, he went all out. What happened? He was uh, he was a yeshiva guy. He was learning with me in yeshiva in Mikdash Melech. And uh, and we came onto this Gemara in Mesechet Betza. It says everything is determined on Tishrei. How much are you going to make? Until the next Tishrei, until the next Tishrei, except Tishrei. One of those things is the Shabbat. You spend on that Shabbat, you get paid back. It's not in the Cheshbon. What did he do? He had $300 on him. He said, I will have the best Shabbat I've ever had in my life. He was a single guy. He said, I'm going to go all out. He went to the strip of the Makolet, of things like that in Israel. He bought chocolates, flowers. He bought... Uh, uh, different types of drinks, you know, wines. Everyone was looking like, whoa, he spent $300. And all like kachkas, you know, like little items, you know what I'm saying? Because we had food in the yeshiva. He wasn't buying food. He was buying everything but food. You know, how, imagine $300 on desserts for yourself. Like, how much could you ever buy, you know? But he kept on, but he said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not stopping until I spent all $300. He spent all $300. He didn't have a penny left to his name. After he spent the $300, he's sitting there and he's having the best Shabbat. I told him, I said, what's going to be? How can we have such a drive? He says, because I just spent all my money on Shabbat and I'm just waiting to see how Hashem is going to repay. Doesn't it say that it's not in the Cheshbon? First of all, first of all, you have to understand, he didn't say when he's going to pay. It could be he's going to pay at, towards the end of the year. It could be when. You don't know exactly when he's going to pay, but he'll pay. He'll pay you back. It's not in the Cheshbon. He says, I'm just waiting to see. So he's very, very, very excited. And he's offering drinks on the table. We never had a Shabbat like that in the whole, in the whole year. He's offering drinks. He's offering uh, desserts, cakes, chocolates, candies, everything. Any case, Shabbat finishes. Shabbat finishes. He gets a call from his uncle. How you doing? I wanted to call you on, on Friday. And on Thursday, I didn't have a chance. But I just landed right before Shabbat. I landed in. I want to take you out for uh, Malava Malka. Could you come, uh, can I come meet with you somewhere? He says, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. They meet each other. Huh? And after they leave, he puts in an envelope. He says, oh, by the way, this is for you. He says, what do you mean, this is for me? For what? He says, no, this is for you. I want you to take it. You know, I have some extra cash on me. I want you to take it. He opens up the envelope when he gets to Yeshiva. It's exactly $300. Oh True story. Anybody want to know his name? After, I don't want to put it in public. Then they come back. Why'd you say my name in public? This, that. Well, we're all recording, but no problem. This is a true story that happened. And you see, the, the Torah Zemet. Torah Zemet. So, uh, regarding your question, Albert, you have to understand. It's decreed on Rosh Hashanah. How much are you going to make? And if you learn from Bobby, let me tell you something about Bobby. All right? So, Bobby, what he was telling Bobby, can I share the story publicly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bobby, please. Please give me a all right, no, he wants it. <laughs> yes or no, Bobby? Yes. Ah, we're gonna say, we're gonna say. So, 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 Bobby, when he was telling me also, he says that what you spend, right? He's he's bringing out a point, like certain things we can't, uh, um, uh, uh, we can't test Hashem, right? We can't test Hashem. You can't go ahead right now and say, you know what? Oh, I'm going to put on tefillin, 
Oh, Hashem, I'm going to test you right now. You can't do that. Oh, I'm going to put on my tefillin, but what? On condition that what? That I go to the office today and I, and I make a million... You can't test Hashem. Oh, Hashem, you want me to come be religious? Let me see an earthquake right now and I'll be religious. <laughs> I'm sure you know guys like that. I'm serious. Let me see. I told you the story that happened to me in, in, in what's it called when I was uh, first year in Israel. My first year in Israel, I was 18 years old. I, I didn't tell you the story. I have to say the story. I'm so sorry. I got to say the story over. Okay, let me tell you real quick. I was in Yeshiva. We'll go back to this. We'll go back to Bobby. We'll get back to Bobby. So I'm in Yeshiva. And the first year, you know, I just got out of, I just got out of high school. A few boys planned the trip, you know. And they, and, they, and they bring me in. He says, you got to come. You got to come. And they bring in beers. And they, and they I got it. You got it. That's it. It's going to be the best trip ever. And we weren't going to the most, uh, you know, uh, place that's, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. Anyway, I told the boys, I said, you know what? I don't know, Yetzirara, Yetzirara, let me think about it, you know. I said, let me think about it, after Kippur, I'll tell you. And, and they were going, right after Kippur, they were going for Sukkot, like vacation, Sukkot in time, whatever. Okay. So, I end up saying, no problem. I say to myself, let me think about it again, and, and, and Yom Kippur comes around. We're sitting there, Yom Kippur, and as I'm sitting there, I have a little bit regret, because I know after Kippur, I'm going on a crazy uh, trip and things like that. I said, you know what, let me speak to the rabbi. Mind you, his name is Rabbi Ezra Dayan. He, he spoke over here in the shul. His name is Ezra Dayan. He teaches now in the HCL of Aaron. So he says, I said, let me go speak to the rabbi. I speak to Chacham Ezra. I said, Chacham. I need your help. I said, what's the problem? He says, listen, I'm going on a, like, there's the boys that, 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 dragging me along, you know. Uh, you know, and, uh, 18 over there, you can drink 18 in Israel. No, I'm saying, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, says so that they, 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 they dragging me along and this and that. I don't know what to do. My head said, oh, this. He sits there with me in the break between uh, the, the, you know, before Mincha. You have like a small break on Kippur. He sits with me and if anybody knows Khamen Zadayan, oh, wow, he gives it to you. And he's giving it to me, he's giving it to me, he's telling me, you're crazy, what about you? Wild. At the end of the conversation, I say, Rabbi, I love you so much, but I want to tell you honestly, I gotta, I'm not convinced, I can't, I gotta go. He tells me, look, he says, before we pray Mincha, before we pray Mincha, just, let me tell you, I said, what? He says to me, he says, and I'm about to walk away. He says, come, I just want to tell you one last thing. So what? If you don't take it out of your head, if you don't take it out of your head that you're going, if you don't take that out of your head, just know your sins, your avonot, on your kippur, you will not have a kaparat avonot. I'm telling you now, you're not going to have kaparat avonot if you have that in mind. Oh my goodness, no kaparata for the Yom Kippur. Then already he got me. I said, Rabbi, I will not be going on this trip. <laughs> now, there's two other guys that was with me in yeshiva in the shul. Mind you, in my year happens to be, it was all Ashkenaz, and I was Sephardic with two other Sephardim. So those other two Sephardic guys, they came with me to pray Rabbi Ezra Danchu. So I said, boys, I told to my friend that was sitting next to me. I'm not going to say his name, but I don't know if he wants me to say, 
I said, oh, he said, what? He said, Rabbi Ezra Dayan just told me, if we don't take it out of our heads right now that we're not going, our sins on Yom Kippur will not have kapara. He says, are you serious he said that? I said, yeah, I'm telling you he said that. He said, I'm not going. He says on the spot, Charles says, I'm not going. Then I go to the next guy over. The next guy was on the other corner, left corner, and we're about to pray mincha. We're about to pray mincha. I run over to him. I tell him, listen, Steve. He said, what? I said, if you don't take it out of your head right now, your sins won't have kaparata monot on Yom Kippur. He said, who told you that? I said, the father of Mr. Zayn, he said that. And by him, I ran back, and I don't know what he decided or not. I know Charles said no. But the other one, I wasn't sure. Still, I wasn't sure. As we're praying, listen to them, I'm telling you, I have witnesses, eyewitnesses. Listen to this. As we're praying, uh, we're about to start the Amidah. In the shul that Chamezah was in Saraskin, he had a, like a wallpaper type of uh, thing, like a carpet wallpaper, whatever it was. He had like sconces, like uh, bulbs coming out. Something nice. And he had it as we go. My friend Steve, when he was praying, right, right there, it started flickering and it started a fight. started flickering and all of a sudden the, the, the fire just stopped. The fire just stopped. Nobody knew what happened. Nobody knew. He comes he grabs me by the arm. He looks at me. He's like, what? What? He says, Palachi, you don't know what I just prayed for. I prayed to Hashem that if he doesn't want me to go there, he says, I said, Hashem, let me see lightning. He said, the second he said, let me see lightning, that second, the light bulb started flickering right next to him, started a fire. Hello? <laughs> What's going on? And what I have eyewitnesses to the story. I was sitting down in yeshiva saying the story over. One guy by the name is Rabbi Joey Dow. Joe, uh, um, he says, that was you? I said, what do you mean? He said, I always wondered. I was praying in the shul many years ago. I always wondered why the fire just come. Now I know. It says, it was a fire, mamash. It started a fire. It just stopped. Nobody knew. It started just boom. Tipped it up. It just stopped. Nobody knew. I have a tie. We can't test Hashem, by the way. You can't say, okay, Hashem, if you want me to come to every single shiur of Torah, let me see it. No, no, no. That's what I like. They're not test Hashem. But there's one thing you can test Hashem for. You know what that is? Anybody know what that is? Maaser. Maaser. If a person goes ahead out of his way and he says, that's it, I'm going strong. I'm giving 10%. Charity, tzedakah. But there's one condition. It has to be go to the right places. That's a condition that you have to know. It has to go to the right places. The tzedakah has to go to the right places. So, Bobby got up. On Hashanah. And he started donating this, donating that. And he said, Rabbi, I really... He did it. Other people, what they do? He said, I, I did it. I just jumped into the waters. Jumped into the waters, the ma'asir of the emunah, that when a person does Hashem, he comes. And he said, Baruch Hashem, that year, whatever he said on Rosh Hashanah, he was able to get throughout the whole entire year of, of, of now. You know what's going on? I have a brother. 
Everybody knows my brother Soli? Yeah, you know my brother Soli, boys? <coughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this list. I know we got sidetracked over here, but uh, it was uh, Albert's question he was asking. Uh, so my brother Soli, he once had a, 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 a job. And every Sunday he would go to the job, they would pay him $100. He says, um, he tells me, so is it true that if I give him a said, he get yeah, yeah, 100%. He took out a check. He said, hey, I'm taking, I'm giving, I'm giving extra from whatever, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to get, but I'm giving all this extra. He gave him all this extra. And he says, let's see Hashem. That day after work, his boss came over to him. He said, you should know, I did so well today in business that I'm giving you double than I usually give you. And he gave him double. He says, what? That's the same exact amount of money that I put on my house yeah. All right. That was a little bit, uh, you know, in the parentheses. But let's go on, yeah? So again, one of the things that we get judged for on Rosh Hashanah is what? On the fruits. How much fruits? Now, now that we know that, I'd like to tell you tonight something that Gemara says as well. Gemara says, does anybody ever hear of Ma'amadot? You ever hear of Ma'amadot? You know what Ma'amadot is? Ma'amad. You ever hear of what this is? Mamadot are Yisraelim. There's Kohen, Levi, and Yisrael. If you're a Yisrael, in the times of the Beit HaMikdash, you would stand and you would see the Korban that the Kohen is doing for you. You would see the Korban. Oh, oh, yeah, he's doing a good... You have to be on it. Now, a lot of people wanted to uh, 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 do the Korbanot. Every Kohen. Imagine there's... How many Kohanim of Klai is there? How many Kohanim? How many... Hundreds of hundreds of... Not talking about one, Hundreds of hundreds of Kohanim. So the rabbis, what they did is the Nevi'im, they split it up into 24 groups. 24 groups. And each group had a week. Each group had a week. Each group had a week. And as well, they put... In that group, in the Kohanim, they, they put what? Yisraelim. Yisraelim and Nevi'im. Now, some of those Yisraelim would be in the Beit HaMikdash, and some would be in their hometown in their shuls. And in their hometown of their shuls, the Mishnah says they would read about Bereshit. Bereshit bara Elohim et They would read about that. In the Siftah, they would take out the Siftah, they would read it. Shacharit, they would read it. Musaf, and they would read Mincha. The Gemara asks, why are you reading about Bereshit? What does it have to do with anything? He says, because when a person brings a korban, right, it's holding, one of the things that's holding up the world is this korbanot. He says, how is that holding up the world? How is that holding up the world? How is the korban holding up the world? Let me tell you. Abraham Avinu asks Hashem, Bama eda. Abraham says to Hashem, Hashem, how will I know, how will I know that B'nai Sale will always be existent? You know, people came over to me before the shiur today, and they told me, Rabbi, there is going to be a war. I said, what do you mean? He says, look what's happening with Iran. What's happening with Israel. What, I mean, people, people, they started putting sirens in Israel now. They, they, he just showed me now. Bombs going, sirens, this, that. He says, but you should know, Klai sale will never end. It's a guarantee. If you're Jewish, if you're Jewish, you should know, we will never, ever be destroyed, ever. Ever, never. 
And how many persecutions do we have in our lifetimes? Hillel Yimach Shemol, this Yimach Shemol, this, 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 every, Haman, Yimach Shemol, Haman. Go look at every single person that tried to destroy Klai Yisrael. It's impossible. We will always be existing. As long as we live, nobody could defeat us entirely. Nobody. Nobody. Klai Yisrael will always be existing. And one of those things, Hashem, Abraham asked Hashem, how will I know that Klai Yisrael will always be existing in the world? You know what Hashem said? Hashem said, I'm giving you a guarantee. So what did Abraham say? But what if they do sins? What if they do sins? Hashem told Moshe, make sure they give korbanot. That will be kaparat avonot. When we have the Beit HaMikdash, give the korbanot. We have korban, give the korban. Korban, korban, that will be our kaparat avonot. What did Abraham Avinu say? This is all Gemara, by the way. You can check word for word, I'm telling you. Gemara says, Abraham says, what do you mean? That's all good when the Beit HaMikdash is, is alive. It's kayam. It's existent. What happens if the Beit HaMikdash is no Beit HaMikdash? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Gemara says, when you pray the, the Korbanot, what it says in the Korbanot, you know when you say the Korbanot, the, it says the Korban, it's like as if you brought the Korban. And Hashem will give you Kaprat Avarot for that. You hear what's going on? So in, there's a Pasuk that says, Unchalema Parim Sefatenu. Our words will make it into existence, Kidiacho. When we say the Korban, it's as if we brought the Korban physically. You hear what's going on over here? You hear what I'm telling you? It says, now, now let's go back. Now let's go back. Every single year we get judged on Rosh Hashanah if we're going to live or die. Now what happens? Hashem says, Ezra Tiken, Ezra says, Ezra Tiken, read before Rosh Hashanah about the curses in the Torah. Why? Because when you read about the curses in the Torah, it's as if it was already done, and therefore when we have Judgment Day on Rosh Hashanah, you already got all the curses already, because you read it. It's like we already gave it to you, because we already read it. So therefore it's already nullified. All the curses are nullified. You're coming into Rosh Hashanah like a new man. Clear? Everybody's clear with that? And that's the same thing by Shavuot. Shavuot, the person's being judged. A person being judged of what? Of the fruits in the world. Okay, it's, we're going to get another answer for fruits in the world. So therefore, we want all the curses to go not be nullified. Say it out. So therefore, when we come to Shavuot, we're on, we're on a clean slate. You hear what we're saying over here tonight? Yeah? Now let me take it one step further. Let me take it one step further and bear with me for a second. That was the first answer we're giving tonight. That what? It's as if we sang it. Now I know what everybody's going to be thinking or watching and going to ask me a question. You know what they're going to ask? It's not true, Rabbi. He says, why? He says, because next, this Shabbat, after the Shabbat is not Shabbat. We have one more Shabbat. So it's not right before. Tosafot asks this question. Tosafot answers, we don't want to go into Shabbat or Shana right after the curses. So we're always going to have like a buffer. We're always going to have another parasha. And then Rosh Hashanah. Another parasha, and then Shavuot. Because we can't go into the holiday that we just finished reading the curses. It's not nice. So therefore, you know what we do? Tosafot says, we read another parasha to stick it in there in order to buffer it, and then we have the holiday. You got that? That's Tosafot. Now, bear with me for one more minute. There's a Gemara in Chagigah that says as follows. Does everybody know Acher? Elisha ben Avuyah? Elisha ben Avuyah went off. There's a bat call that came out from heaven. Now, I, I could go on for a long time with this, but I'm not. It says, 
Shuvu banim shorim chutz me'acher. Everybody can come back to do tshuva except acher. Except this acher, Elisha ben Avuya. Except Elisha ben Avuya. You know what that is? What did he end up doing? He says, if I don't get all the Abah, I might as well get this world. I might as well get all the Mazir. And he went out and he did what he had to do, whatever he was doing. It says, one, one Shabbat, he saw Zonah, he took a, took a what's it called? He, took, he says, oh, he was Tobiah, he was asking for her. He says, what, aren't you the biggest, uh, what's it called, rabbi in the town? And this, aren't you really Shabbat Abuya? He picked up a radish on Shabbat. On Shabbat. Oh, that's some people say, oh, she says, oh yeah, he's somebody else. You're not the rabbi, he's somebody else. He's somebody else. As he was going off the derech, what happened? His student, by the way, the Gemara is a phenomenal Gemara. His student, Rabbi Meir, comes in. He says, Rabbi, Rabbi, come back! He tried to get his rabbi back! The student is going after the rabbi. Rabbi, come back, come back! And all of a sudden, Acher was asking all questions to Rabbi Meir. And one of the questions that he asked was, what does it mean when it says, Gam ze le'umat ze asayelokim? Hashem made this and that. What does that mean? Gamzel umadze. This in, 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 in conjunction with that. What does that mean? So he says, it means, this is a pasuk in the Kohelet, it means that Hashem, let's say, created a mountain, and against that he created a valley. Depth. You get it? You have mountains and you have valleys. It's a zel umadze. He says, Rabbi Akiva never said that. Rabbi Akiva said, this is what Acher is saying. You know what it means? He created Gan Eden, and against that, he created Gehinnam. He created Tzadikim, and against that, he created Reshaim. That's why you see, wherever there's Ketushah, there'll always be Tum'ah. You understand what I'm trying to say? You'll always, they'll always have your powers that you have in you. You can either go like a crazy nut, like, wow, so, so, Kadosh Elyon. Sometimes you see the biggest crazy nutcases, the biggest clubbers, the biggest DJs, the biggest, wildest people that you ever saw in your dream. They come back, and they become the biggest rabbis. The, the beard is down from here to the floor. What happened to you? I thought you were jumping in the club going crazy. What happened? Because he had such tumah in him, he just transferred all to the Kedushah. Boom. <laughs> He's a new person. Because he has so much in him. It's each person. Right? By the Kotel. Right? Look at the Kotel. Great example. Right by the Kotel, the biggest Kedushah. Right right behind the Kotel, the mosque. All these guys' mosque. Imagine... You hear what's going on? There's so much Ketushah that the Kotel has. Right behind it, what? The mosque. Go look. Go look. That, that, that's what it is. You see Ketushah, you see Tumah. You see Ketushah, you see Tumah. says the same thing what happens in Bina. You ever hear of what Bina is? Understanding. Hashem gave to the world 50 levels of Bina. For Moshe Rabbeinu, he has 49 except one. He has 49. 49 levels of what? Of Bina. You got that or no? Of Bina. Now, if you look on the other end, if you have 49 uh, levels of Bina, we have to have 49 levels of what? Of, let's say, uh, of, 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 of uh, stupidity. That's the, that's the stupidity of the Yetzirah that he tries to get the person a million times. It's the stupidity that the Yetzirah does. So we have 49 levels of Bina and 49 levels of what? Of Shtuyot, that a person, oh, gazing, gazing, gazing. And that's why, if you look, what level were we on before we got out of Egypt? 49th level. We couldn't go lower. If we get lower, we're out. So Hashem had to take us out of the 49th level. And that's why the Zohar says, 
How many days do we count until we get to the Shavuot and the Omer? How many days? 49 days of the Omer, we count one by one, one by one, one by one. Why? Because we want to get out all the Shtuyot. We want to become Tahor. Because we have to negate the Tum'ah to the Ketushah. And that's why every day of the, before Shavuot, we're trying to connect and connect, connect on to the highest level. And that's why we read Parashat Bechukotai right before Shavuot. Why? Now you go count the curses that there's in. You know how many curses you're going to find? 49 curses. You know why? Because we want to negate, we want to crack it to have all the tusha that's going to remain with us. We're knocking out all the 49 klavot, and now we come into Shavuot, you are all full of kedusha. you're busting with kedusha. you negate all the klavot. You're building 49 levels of love, tusha because you're counting the omen. You get out all the, all the curses, and you enter your Shavuot with a pure kedusha state. And now Hashem says, now it's man matan toratenu. Now I can give you the Torah. Now you're fresh. And therefore, Rabotai, what did we just say tonight? I want to conclude with this last uh, pasuk. What was, the, what was the, the judgment of Shavuot? Anybody remember? Of the fruits. Now let me tell you this. Parashat Bechukotai starts. Im Bechukotai telechu. If you go, does, does anybody know what Bechukotai means? My laws. Correct, right? My laws. But then it says, It says what? I listen to my mitzvot. What do you mean? I thought you just said, you just said that. Go walk in my, in, my, in my ways. That means you have to keep all the mitzvot. What does it say right after? And keep the mitzvot. What's going on? Now she says on the spot, you know what Bechukotai means? To learn Torah. To work hard to understand the Torah. That's what it means. And then it says, oh, and also keep the mitzvot. And also keep the mitzvot. And do them. And what does it say right after? It says, and if you do them, I'll give you rain. I'll give you rain in this proper time. And the field of the tree will bring out its fruit. You know why it's saying that? Because it's man matan Torah tenu. This is the time of the Torah that we're gaining. And since we're getting, giving the Torah now, so Hashem says, right now you have to be Amel and Torah, learn the Torah. So now we're going to give you the Torah. Once you get the Torah, now I can make it rain at its proper time. If I make it rain at its proper time, the fruits will come out with rapidness, with amazement, with awesomeness. And that's why right before Shavuot, we cleanse ourselves. And we come in, we enter, we learn the Torah, and we bring the barakah for the world in order to get barakah for the fruits to come along and make any answer.